I'm Lee. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Saturation Italicized on Weagle 91.1 FM. Tune in live at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for your weekly dose of art and design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, hello, lovely, lovely listeners. It is another Tuesday in the Student Center. We are back in the studio for episode four of season two? Five Five. of season two? Wait, no. What did I title it? Five. 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 Episode five of season two of Saturation Italicized. It's still crazy that we're on season two. I know. But before we get into anything, I have to ask you a question. Oh. When was the last time you changed your desktop wallpaper? What is my desktop wallpaper? Because I just changed mine today, and I just, like, opened my computer for the first time since I've changed it, and it's so nice having something different. Uh, I must have changed mine last fall, so about a year ago. What did you change it to? I just changed it to this, like, picture I found on Unsplash that's oh, kind of, like, folly, but it's, like, a lake, but it's not, like, the cringy fall aesthetic <laughs> pictures. It looks like it's taken on film. It's pretty. It just is so relaxing. I like to look at it when I open up my computer because there's always something stressful on the computer. See, my desktop is, like, covered in files, so I can't even really, like, see. Oh. I'm a big desk, desk, you desktop are. There saver. are two types of people, the desktop savers and the other people. Well, that's also just where Apple puts screenshots, and I screenshot stuff on my computer yes. a lot. So. I also, I, I have so many screenshots. Do you clean out your computer a lot? I, I don't not clean it out. I could probably clean it out more, but I'm, I'd say I'm probably like a 75 to 80 if we're grading how organized your laptop can be. I'd like, mm. I've got folders for stuff and yeah. folders inside folders sometimes. Yeah. I don't know how people survive without folders yeah, on the desktop. It's way too hard. It's a scary place. Way too difficult. Well, anyway, you can kick us off to what you were actually going to talk about. Ooh, let me pull pull the, whatchamacallit back up, the document, if you will. Our notes, our precious notes. So today, I thought we'd jump off starting um, talking about the Twitter rebrand discussion. Quick note, when I wrote this down, I wrote Twitter rebrand and not X rebrand. So if that says anything. Nobody is calling it that. No, literally no one calls it X. No one. It's like a, it's kind of like a joke name for it. Yeah. Because like, I don't even like when you're in conversation with people. Yeah, it's like, oh, I I posted on X today. No, you're going to say I tweeted on Twitter. Well, I keep thinking, like, what do you say instead of retweeted? Like, repost, I guess. Yeah, but that's not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they took but it away. But that doesn't give the same vibe. Well, no, it doesn't. That's something I was going to say. We can just talk into it. I don't really have an outline. Is like, it's absolutely mind-boggling that Elon Musk decided to take a, like, Twitter had literally created a verb out of the app, retweet. Yeah and tweeting which is like the thing to do yeah like they were such a recognizable brand at that point like they had coined a term that was only applicable to that app yeah no other app has been able to replicate that and then elon musk was like but i don't care that doesn't matter to me which is just silly it is it is crazy 
very silly. I still don't understand why he did that. I really just thought it was a publicity stunt, but it's just gone on for so long that I'm like, oh. No, he said why he bought it. Why? What is? Well, he, why he bought X or why he or bought like Twitter. why he changed it to X? Uh, there's why he. Bought I have it. answers to both. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he bought X, and this is in his own words. I mean, paraphrase, but this is what he said. Uh, so he had a daughter, a trans daughter. And she, uh, he said he was okay with her being trans, but um, she had gone, like, full-blown, like, quote-unquote, communist. And he felt like she was hearing that online and on Twitter, so he bought X. He has literally said this in an interview. He was, like, which is baffling to me that you're like, oh, my, my daughter's being pushed politically because of, because of uh, sentiments online, because of radical sentiments online. I should buy the app to push her the opposite way, push her and others the opposite way. So, like, not to make it, you know, more nonpartisan, but... I want to see... Did you see this, like, in an article? Yeah, like it was in an article. Um, That's so crazy. There's, like, a quote about it. Let me see. Elon Musk buys Twitter because of trans daughter i already know you can hear the clacking on uh on the recording yeah uh elon musk claims he bought twitter to save transgender daughter from woke mind virus uh she went beyond socialism to being a full-blown communist and thinking that anyone rich is evil um and Unless the woke mind virus, which is fundamentally anti-science, anti-merit, anti-human in general, has stopped, civilization will never become multi-planetary. And then Musk says, she doesn't want to spend time with me. Buddy, I wonder why. You seem just so much fun to be around. Uh... Yeah, there was another part of the quote that I wanted to bring up, but I can't can't find it but yeah he, he i mean yeah that's why i bought twitter <laughs> weird <laughs> which okay. is just funny which is like you have too much money bro but what did he say? okay what did you see about the logo and the identity stuff okay so the logo i don't know why he likes the logo or the name x so much for a company but like he didn't name twitter x because he was like oh x will be the new twitter and x will uh, or X wasn't exclusionary to Twitter because a couple of years ago, Elon Musk was on the board of directors or the board or something for PayPal, and he I think he bought PayPal or like he had a lot of like um, shares in the company. He had a lot of power in the company, and he kept trying to change PayPal to the name X, like Twitter. He kept trying to change oh, the company name to X. I think I've heard this before. Yeah, and he uh. <laughs> and while he was like on vacation, the board of directors voted him off of the board because Damn. they were like, "This guy is dumb. We're not changing yeah. it to X." Okay, but you know he named his kid X. Did I know he has a he also has a kid named Techno Mechanicus. That's crazy. Is that the same kid? No, it's a different okay. one. The X one is the one that goes like X A E eleven. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just. I think he up. just thinks that name is sick for some reason. Yeah, no, he's upset. That's his favorite letter form. No, literally, for sure. He's just really into that letter. Yeah, 
Yeah, and for Y. I don't <laughs> for X Y Z. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I do. I just think Twitter just had like a great mm-hmm. brand. Like the bird was just so perfect. So recognizable. Just the tweet mm. and like yeah, like you said, it made it a verb that everybody and p- people love Twitter. Yeah. Twitter has a cult following. Yeah. The people that like it love it. Love Twitter. And it's just like I'm seeing their relationship with Twitter fade a little bit now that it's X. Yeah. I mean, I deleted Twitter. And I deleted it outside of it being X. I deleted it because, like, bah, I'm on my phone too much, whatever. But also, I don't think I would have done that while it was Twitter. But part yeah. of the reason Twitter has gotten so, like, internet cesspool recently is because of the new verification system. Yeah. Well, I don't like that he did that. Yeah. So... So, listeners, if you are not on X slash Twitter, originally famous accounts or accounts of famous musicians, actors, politicians, uh, companies. Just, like, anyone that was, like, somewhat famous. Yeah, or was a public. How, much, how many followers do you think they would have to have? It wasn't about followers. It was about um, just different, I don't want to say certification, but, like, uh, if you were some type of public figure or you worked yeah. in a public forum because there would be people. There would be people who were verified for, like, 2,000 followers or yeah. something. But, um, yeah, so originally it was, like, you had to be, like, a public official kind of like that. But then he just changed it to anyone who paid $8 could get a verification uh, or $8 a month could get a verification mark. So uh, that's dumb because now random people are getting verified and they, you know, might look a lot more professional than they are. They could be spouting, like... MLM schemes or like scams and it's like oh well this is a verified account this can't be a scam yeah stuff like that yeah but (laughs) the day it actually happened or like the week it was happening when he finally implemented that rule people would just buy the x symbol and then change their name to like a famous person's Mm -hmm. name or a famous company and at actually x uh implementing that rule where anyone could be verified if they uh paid a certain amount of money uh directly influenced insulin being capped in this country the cost of insulin because uh this one like already famous account on twitter it was like a troll meme funny whatever account changed their name to whatever company makes insulin it's like a p and j or johnson and j and j johnson and johnson no i'm not sure some medical company changed their name to the medical company and then tweeted out like hey insulin's free by the way now everyone and it like really badly dropped the stock of insulin and like the week or week after that that company capped the price of insulin because it was so bad for their stock that's terrible no it's awesome it's awesome because it got capped because insulin before was like thousands of dollars oh oh, and this one person yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh it was just crazy one that like a stupid and also, obviously, the stock of Twitter went down heavily. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. It was kind of... Do you remember when Reddit did that, like, takeover something or something, and Reddit crashed, crashed the yeah. stock market? It's kind of like that, but for Twitter. Interesting. It was cool. It was Interesting very cool. Interesting, Twitter. Uh, but it's like, no one calls it X. Oh, no. No one, like, verbally says it. Oh, and then back on the verification, one other thing about that was... If you are verified now, you your tweets are going to be pushed to the top of everyone's timelines. And your replies, and it's the replies that really kill me, 
are also going to be pushed to the top of tweets by other people. So uh, obviously Twitter has become a lot more right wing recently with Elon taking it over, which is like, I'm not going to say anything about that. Uh, But now you can't open a tweet by like a funny famous account you've been following for years without the comments being like some right wing meme because they've been pushed to the very, very top, no matter how popular they are. Interesting. Yeah, so it's just the new verification system, like, really, like, dunked on. It really changed the game yeah. for Twitter. Yeah, not mm. good. Not, and the people not don't like it. People, people don't, like, don't it. like it. And ultimately, it's definitely losing money for Twitter. Yeah. I think Twitter stock price has gone down, like, billions of dollars since it became X. Which, like, duh. Yeah. You can't just get rid of, like... A brand's the entire fundamentals yeah. of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like crazy. to be bought by a person that half of the app already hated. Like or half the app really did not like the Elon app Musk. is extremely polarizing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's no a lot like, of bipartisan. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of polarizing even groups on Twitter. Mm-hmm. There's a range. Yeah, I feel like you're there's like two sides of Twitter and one's like really, really, really right leaning. Another one's super, super, super left-leaning. But one of those sides makes uh, very not tasteful anti-Semitic jokes, and one of those sides doesn't. So, you know, pick your poison. I do have to say, before we get to the PSA break, we have to talk about the logo. (laughs) The X logo. Yeah, girl. That just, it hurts me. Again, because if you look at the Twitter logo, like, there's so much precision of, mm-hmm. like, the circles and, like, the exact shape it makes. And this is just, mm-hmm. it's just underwhelming. They can't even and copyright the, and it. There's no blue. Like, where's the blue? Because it's not Twitter anymore. He wants to get rid of that. But the so. blue was so great. Like, the blue, the bird, the name Twitter. He wants to get rid perfection. of the good things. For real. He is stripping it of just all the good things. They literally cannot copyright their logo because it is a mathematical like symbol they also can't change but on brand for him oh so on brand for him mr father of techno mechanicus that kills me but um (laughs) (laughs) the oh there's one other thing about the logo something funny something funny oh yeah the web browser uh is still twitter because uh, URLs have to be longer than like two characters, I think. So they can't change the URL, URL to x.com. That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. Twitter.com. Yeah, it's still <gasps> Twitter.com. And it will remain Twitter.com. I they cannot change love it. That. It's like you can't completely get rid of Twitter. No. You can no. try, but Twitter.com. I think. I, I want to say it's still Twitter in the App Store, but it actually might not be anymore. But even when you search it up, that's what yeah. comes up. Yeah. Like I keep like if I look up Twitter or something, like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't look up X. I look up Twitter. I feel like ultimately, when the generation that's on Twitter now, like, gets too old for Twitter, yeah, or like, like I think our generation will probably be the youngest, yeah, Twitter users. Like, there's no like. 11 12 year olds on twitter now anymore so once we age out of it like it's done if it had stayed twitter twitter i think new people would still be getting on it because there was like a big fandom population there and like 
that's something young kids will get into. There was a lot of different communities that yeah. really liked Twitter for various reasons. But now that it's kind of going the way it is, I think, I think once our generation logs off, it's just kind of, it's gonna upsetting. just go into dust. So probably. Well. Time I, for a PSA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but first, a little songy song. Savior featuring Baby Keem and Sam Dew by Kendrick Lamar. And we're back. Thank you for tuning in to Weagle 91.1 FM. This is Saturation Italicize, where we discuss art, design, writing, swag, style, impending doom, and fashion trends. And you, the one we're actually talking about today, you didn't list on there. That is how <laughs> varied our show is. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, honestly, like one of our favorite things, I think, which mm. is movies. Yeah, love. So we need to just take a second to talk about, well, we're not going to take a second. We're going to take a long segment <laughs> to talk about title designs. So you Ooh, know when like you title like, cards? like the title like sequences like in a movie where you see like the title of the movie and then like whatever's in the background and it's like in a certain typography mm-hmm. and all that. There's I love a, those. I do too. And let <laughs> I can't really ask you this question. I should have asked this question first, but think about these iconic movies. Star Wars, Taxi Driver, The Exorcist, Raging Bull, and Caddyshack. What do they all have in common? I don't know. They were... (laughs) I've never seen Raging Bull or Caddyshack before. Yeah, me neither. But um, they all have opening credits designed by the same title designer, whose name is Dan Perry, who we're really going to get into because he is super famous. If you click on the link, you can see, like, a lot of stuff that he's done. Um, he's done, like, yeah, like I said, Star Wars, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Airplane. Um, he did Gangs of New York. Like, he's done so many. An Officer and a Gentleman, Blue Collar. There's so many of these, like, I don't even know what they are. But they're all just so, so good. And um, a lot of title designers are really under-acknowledged, obviously, since we don't know any. <laughs> But they they don't really seem to be getting any credit, especially Dan Perry. Um, his work was on display last year um, in a New York museum called the Museum of Moving Image, and it showed his extensive work during his, like, 50-year career. So I'm going to get into, like, his kind of backstory because it's honestly crazy and not what you expect. So he went to school in Los, he went to high school in Los Angeles and he was introduced to graphic advertising design by his high school art teacher. That's where he was first introduced to the graphic design work of Saul Bass. And around this time, Dan was working as a sign painter. So he would like paint signs for businesses in and around LA. So he was already super interested in typography and his, and he also like, was growing his interest in designing his like own letter forms and stuff like that. So he realized that he and Saul Bass live live and work in the same city. So he started visiting Saul's office. Never had an appointment, never got to mm-hmm. see him. But then the, the interviewer in the article that I was reading said that Dan, when he was younger, had persistence and confidence of naivety. Of naivety. I can't say it. But anyway, finally, Saul walked past Dan in the lobby. So Dan introduced himself, and he already had his portfolio with him, of course. um, And Saul invited him to his office. 
So while we were in there, or while, not we, <laughs> we, we <laughs> I got so into this. I was like, this is so interesting. I wish there was like a movie about this guy's life because mm. just picturing this is so interesting. But Saul critiqued every piece that Dan <laughs> brought in his portfolio. Ouch. And, well, but Saul like had a deep interest in him and like thought there was something good in his work and wanted Dan to come back and learn more so that he could give him more advice. So around that time, little time has passed. Dan ends up joining the Navy during the Vietnam War, which obviously caused like a slight detour in his design career, but he stayed designing when he was enlisted because he wrote and designed a newspaper every day and just did other like various graphic work uh, within the Navy. How do you have time to write a newspaper while you're in the Navy every day? I don't know. (laughs) It wasn't clear about like what his actual role was. So I don't know. Hmm. But after the war, he went back to Saul, and Saul offered him a job. And that's when, like, Dan, he kind of took a moment, and he said to himself, if Saul Bass wants me, I must be good enough. Hmm. So he he turned down the job. Whoa. I know, and opened his own studio. What? Which is crazy. So we can take a moment. What do you think about all that so far? Well, I think it, I, I like his thought process of being like, okay, I finally have the approval of my, like, biggest inspiration like that means I can do this on my own I like this twist that story took I do too and I like are you familiar like with Saul Bass's work no he did the shining oh okay um and he's done like some other movie posters I see I see he has a distinct style um yeah okay one yeah my favorite shining poster was done by him yeah And we talked about this one before on the pod. Yeah. Cool. So he just, it says he greatly influenced the graphic design community as well as the film industry. So definitely, I don't know. I I just can like totally tell that Dan was like influenced by him. And I think it's so cool when like famous artists were kind of like apprentice of other famous artists, you know? Like I always love to learn about that connection. So Dan, so he opens up his own studio, right? Okay, but he kind of struck out on his own. So he ended up partnering with his high school classmate named Steve Smith. And they opened their own independent design studio called Perry and Smith. And, of course, they used the ampersand Mm -hmm. for the and because they're designers. Um, And they made the opening credit, like, title track for the 1973 film Electrica. No. Electra Glide. Okay. Yeah, okay. But, oh, wait, no. Electra Glide in blue. And it caught the attention of William Fredkin, Friedkin, who hired Dan to do the opening design titles for The Exorcist. Which, the beginning of it all. Yeah, exactly. And that also came out in 1973. So, well, first, I don't know why that only Dan got credit for the opening for like electrica gliding blue maybe perry and him would just take on like different projects at a time or something so maybe all of it was him oh yeah maybe but he is perry but yeah i know what you mean smith wait yeah oh yeah my bad bad. no you're good but yeah i just think and i think it's crazy that he had both of these come out in 1973 like what a big year for him (laughs) um so he said that was his first solo project and it just like obviously dramatically threw him into the design spotlight 
Um, he said that since that came out, people have always been coming to him f- for work and that mm-hmm. he's never struggled to ever find any work. And he like is obviously very thankful for that. Um, he's in his late 70s now and he still designs titles and he also teaches and speaks at films and design schools as well as festivals all, all over the U.S. and Europe. That's such a fun job. I know. I think we should, like, take a break here because I have, like, more to say on him, but this is mm-hmm. kind of, like, a good stopping point. Okay. Well, I'm loving the life, lifeline, life timeline I, He's, style. like, just so <laughs> fascinating. Like, I just found him, like, just trying to find something to talk about, and I was like, this is the most interesting guy like I've ever read about and it's like cool that he's still like a super famous graphic designer that's still alive I know and I like that his medium is like film and yeah. like incorporating all that so like we'll get into that it's but still graphic it's design. just so fascinating yeah but first we will listen to hell and back a uh, clean version by Bakar Bakar yeah I don't know how to Bakar? say his name unfortunately you're listening to saturation italicized on WEGL 91.1 FM and we are back. Oh, my mic is all. There we go. Um, yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep hearing yeah, about Dan Perry. I know, the most fascinating man. Okay, so in terms of his, like, title design process, he says that there are two levels. There's titles themselves, and then there's whatever the titles are with on the screen. Oftentimes, the lead actor's names have to be the same size as the title, they go into extreme detail about needing to be the same size, the same color, same type style, same height, same thick thickness, and so on. So I have to be aware of all those sorts of requirements, which I think is interesting. So that's like hierarchy. Wait, so he's saying all of the like title se- cards need to have the same. I'm I'm a little confused by that statement. He said that all. Which does your mic sound weird? No, I think it's just me, but. Make sure your thing's turned up. I know. That was a problem Brief intermission. Technical. We need the technical difficulties button. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that was definitely it. That was definitely (laughs) it. Okay. Hold on. Troubleshooting and we figure it out. Wait. (laughs) Okay, I'm good now. Okay. Yay. So he's basically, he said that the lead actor's name has to be the same size as the title. Oh, and interesting. That th- and that the type for the lead actors and that the type for the title can't, like, be any different. Interesting. So they have to be, like, the same type style. That would be so annoying. Same hype. Yeah. Same, like, everything is the same hierarchy, which is interesting. Yeah. And he said that many parties, like filmmakers and actors involved with the production of the film, have to be pleased with the title sequence. So, like... Talk about a lot of clients <laughs> that have to be on board with your design, which can be so stressful. Like, yeah. I already feel for him just thinking about that. Making so many people's different opinions. Happy. I know, because mm-hmm. you know they're all like, well, I want it to be like this. And, and I, I want, it to, I want it to be like, like this. this. And those two can't. Yeah. Ho- yeah, so anyway, kudos to Dan on that already. But after the title is approved, like the title type, he focuses on the background imagery for the sequence where he has total creative control, which we'll get into because he's really, um, I don't know, his creative control is extremely important to him. Mm-hmm. So he says, and I quote, 
Sometimes I might shoot them, meaning the sequences in the back, or direct them, or find artwork, or take photographs, or decide that they will be on black or whatever it is, because I'm a specialist. People want me to create sequences for the film rather than just designing a logo and pass it off to them and hope that they put it on the screen the way I envisioned. I require that I handle the entire project. I design the logo, all the titles, then I supervise putting it together and delivering it to completed. I've enjoyed a lot of autonomy in my work. Fortunately, I'm trusted and respected in giving the reins to do what I think is best. No, because I agree. Like, he no, should be I, the one doing I all agree. of that. I agree. And we'll get into that because he, he like, he's, I don't know what the right word is. He's confident mm-hmm. in his skills, but it's like his talent warrants that kind of yeah confidence like it's justified plus he's been established for so long yeah no like a 50 year Mm -hmm. career like Mm -hmm. from some big names like like this guy made like the star wars intro yeah with like the scrolling type like really yeah which we'll also get into um but anyway okay so with his design process he starts off by watching a film and then comes up with ideas based on his emotional emotional reaction to watching the film and he says, like, he scrabbles down ideas with pencil and paper as soon as he thinks of the idea. Like, mm. the way he was describing it, I pictured, like, dramatically, like, grabbing paper and, like, wanting <laughs> to write things down. And he said he was really um, heavy on, like, using the eraser and, like, which is interesting because, like, now I just sketch in pen, which is just I'm a terrible. Pen sketcher. Well, they also say, like, professors say, never erase anything for your sketches, just make a new one. Yeah. So kind of interesting that he's like, yeah, no, race. But I'm just, I just, I'm not a pencil girl. So I'm like, me neither. He, he's just like, pencils are important. I'm sure he has like a specific pencil he likes to. <laughs> um, but this like methodology he has of like drawing it on paper has been that way since he was creating signs mm-hmm. like years and years and years ago. So it's interesting that he still carries that. Um, and it's uh, one of the things that the article I was reading talked about is that the title sequence industry has obviously evolved a lot through like technology and the jump from film to digital. Mm-hmm. But it's also jumped in the way that when Dan started out, he worked as an individual receiving all the credit as an individual, like having full autonomy, being mm-hmm. the one man band. But now it's more often than not groups or teams of people that like collaborate and work on it as a whole. But Dan says, quote, but when people want me to work on a film, they want me. They don't want people that work for me or some group of people. They want me. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guy. Okay, we get it. I (laughs) know. I was just like, okay. But I'm also like, also like, if I was like that. Oh, yeah, I'd say I, the I'd same thing. I'd probably be like that, too. Yeah, they want me, no one else. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I thought that was funny. He's also, like, right. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. And he says, like, he can't let go of any of the control. And he says, I'm always so grateful for having that autonomy, that control of my work, and that I, and the appreciation of it. That's why I still work, because I enjoy that. And now I'll get into the Star Wars thing, because this is what I think is funny, because he... His most well-known title sequence is the Star Wars one. Oh, show. And he said first he thought it was, quote, a stupid space movie. <laughs> and he said when he was working on the film, it wasn't a good experience for him because George Lucas was obviously also very particular. Yeah. And um, 
Dan said that George Lucas was always overwhelmed and angry and difficult, and he didn't really communicate what he wanted really well. Um, and then he, whenever <laughs> Dan said that whenever George Lucas looked at the design, he never liked it, and then he would always send Dan off for like another idea or something else to look at. And Dan said that it wasn't fun to have to wait and then be criticized by him and then rejected. This is all on track for stuff I've heard about George Lucas. Yeah, it's interesting. And like Dan said, quote, when I finally came up with the idea that we used, I was so glad to see the end of the road so (laughs) that I could be done and move on with another project. That's really funny. But I think the funniest part is like he just had zero interest in the Star Wars movie. And he said like, that so many people will come up to him and be like, I want your autograph. Like, I know you from the Star Wars movie. And he just thinks it's so silly because (laughs) he just, like, has no interest in Star Wars whatsoever. And, like, like, I guess it's, like, what people know him for. Mm -hmm. But he just doesn't, I guess, recognize himself as that. Yeah, because he hated the experience so much. So it's just, that's also just, like, it just adds to his whole persona. That's just so interesting to me. That's I what's really funny is like George Lucas from what I've oh my gosh well from what I've heard from uh like Star Wars like mega fans like talking about the process of it being made George Lucas apparently like isn't like a good filmmaker he's more of like a kid who got really excited about interesting about this world he created and so the first movie when a new hope was made they made the movie and then he showed it to his wife, and his wife was like, baby, this is really bad. <laughs> like, this makes no sense. So, like, she, her and, like, the producer, like, someone else went back through and, like, recut the entire movie and, like, added in, like, voiceovers to add dialogue where, like, there was no explanation for some things. So it seems like everyone making Star Wars is kind of, like, everyone who, like, helped George Lucas and his, like, crazy self, like, is the reason it became famous. Like, that mm. opening sequence, like... Is so, so iconic. pivotal. Like, yeah. even iMovie, if you use iMovie now, I think it has, like, a setting yeah. to do no, it's like, like that. Like, it's so famous iconic. Yeah. Like, I don't remember anything else from the Star Wars movie besides those <laughs> opening tracks. Like, I can picture Anakin in, like, a couple of scenes, but it's really the title sequence that's in my head. That's funny. Yeah. It's a good title sequence. But that's all I got on Dan Perry. He's a cool guy. The myth, the legend. I know, right? He's a cool dude. Well, that's kind of perfect because it's right at the time where we go to an ad break. I know. Just perfect, perfect timing. We, uh, we're going to be listening to Dead Weight by Jack Stauber. Don't go anywhere. We are back. For the most exciting part Everyone's of our segment. Everyone's favorite. Which is the game. Yee! Wait, 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 wait. Oh, it's not on. Oh, my gosh. I always do this. Uno momento, por favors. The game. Woo! The game. game. We love the game. We love the game. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So I just kind of continued on that movie theme because I was already in the mood. And I was like, what kind of game can I make for Lee? (laughs) So I have nine different directors. 
and I have a list of their work, and I'm going to read you their work, and you're going to tell me the director. Yep. I and feel really good about this. Yeah, this is going to be a shining moment for Lee. <laughs> you should know most of these. I need to come back. Because um, it's like, if you don't, like, y- these are such famous movies that, like, you should know yeah. at least one of them was made by, like, this specific specific person. But anyway, we'll start with number one, which is 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Shining, Clockwork Orange, Spartacus, and Lolita was That's made by who? Stanley Kubrick. Easy yes. because the uh, Clockwork Orange and The Shining are two of my favorite movies. I know. I was like, if she doesn't get this, <laughs> like, I can't. I can't. I'm gonna lose a little respect. Clockwork Orange for real is just a I know insane I was like, movie. Lee has a huge poster of that <laughs> in her room, so I was especially sure that you were gonna get that. Okay, number two. This one should also be extremely easy. A Nightmare Before Christmas, Corpse Bride, Beetlejuice, Batman, and Edward Scissorhands. Tim Burton. Yes. Easy money. Some of these at the beginning are easy, and then I feel like there's a few where I'm like, mm, I get them a get little, little bit. Okay, number three, Grand Budapest Hotel, The French Dispatch, Asteroid City, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and Isle of Dogs. Wes Anderson. Yes, which... I just Love learned him. today what he looks like. Oh, I have no clue what he looks like. He looks like somebody that would make like this particular <laughs> aesthetic of movies. Like he looks exactly what you think he would look like. Have you ever watched Moonrise Kingdom? No. Amazing movie by him. You should watch it. Really? It's okay. really cute. Sounds good. Okay, number four. Alien, The Martian, Gladiator, Blade Runner, and House of Gucci. Okay, so this is interesting because I literally have not seen any of these movies, but I want to say it's Ridley Scott. Yeah, it is. Let's How go. Have you not seen? I mean, I've only seen two of these, but this—it's a very interesting lineup, I will say. Like The Martian, Gladiator, Blade Runner, and House of Gucci, and Alien. Which ones have you seen? I've seen House of Gucci and The Martian, and I do really like The Martian. I really did not like House of Gucci. That it had Lady Gaga, right? Yeah, and the guy. Um, that guy. The guy that plays Kylo Ren in Star Wars. I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, Adam Scott? No, that's not his name. It's Adam. Adam Scott. Driver. Yes, Adam yeah, Driver. Yeah. Okay, number five. This is should <laughs> also be like extremely obvious. Oppenheimer, The Dark Knight, Interstellar, Inception, and Dunkirk. It's too easy. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Yes, love him. I did a paper about him and his music choices in his movies. Mm, he always has good music choices. He has great music. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love all the movies I just named. Well, I haven't actually seen Inception, and Dunkirk is okay, but I like the others. <laughs> oh, I love Dunkirk. I I like it a lot, but it's not my favorite movie of his. Yeah. No, I I, I, I don't agree think with it's that. his best work. Okay, number six, Pulp Fiction, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Kill Bill, and Reservoir Dogs. Tarantino. Of course. <laughs> Jaws. The Footman. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, number seven, Jaws, Saving Private Ryan, Schindler's List, Indiana Jones, and Catch Me If You Can. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Yes. Yes. So, let's go. I'm pretty sure, because this is where I get them confused. I, I think it's Spielberg. I'd have to guess. Yeah, it, it's definitely got to be him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then number eight, Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, The Wolf of Wall Street, Shutter Island, and The Departed. Uh, Scorsese. No, 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 no. My bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, 
No, yes, Scorsese. Yeah, that was right. That was right. (laughs) And then last but not least, honestly, like I want so many of these Ravis, but this particular one is so obvious. (laughs) Psycho, Vertigo, The Birds, Rope, Strangers on a Chain, Into Catch a Thief, Hitchcock, of course. I got all of those right. Yeah, you did great. That was a nine out of nine. (laughs) I will. I'm also happy because in all of those categories, except for Hitchcock. I think I think I'd seen one of the, at least one of the movies you put down, if not most of them. Yeah. Uh, but Hitchcock also did. Um, what is the? It's the one where the person has a broken leg and he's watching in the window for. Hold up, let me just look up Hitchcock films. Okay, I was about to say I'm not sure which one you're talking. I about. I had to watch it for a class, but I will figure it out. Um. <laughs> Uh oh my gosh, he has so many movies. Uh oh, Rear Window, Rear Window. That's a good movie. I haven't seen that. It's a good movie. I liked it. He has kind of funny uh looking title cards too. Yeah. I really started looking at movies differently <laughs> after I did this art after I read this article. Well, that was fun. That was a fun yeah, game. A little just like Cinema that. Tuesday moment. Cinema Tuesday. Well, yeah. is that is that it for? Yeah, him? that's all, that's all we're ending a little early today because I mean I, we just have the Tuesday scaries as does mm-hmm. everyone at this scary time of the semester, aka the middle of it. We're technically <laughs> ending one minute early than we're supposed to get out of here, and by the time wow. our things up, we're gonna be. We're, so we're right on time. We're right on time, as always. You can't stop us from talking. <laughs> well, I guess there's only one thing left to say. War Damn Eagle. Thank you for listening. This was Saturation Italicized with your hosts, Lauren and Lee. Tune in next week at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for more art and design discussion. And follow our Instagram at saturation.italicized. War Eagle.